0: Happy Wednesday. Uh, My name is Emily. If we haven't met, I work with UNC Chi Alpha. This is my second year on staff here, uh, but I did graduate undergrad at UNC, so I do know a little bit about where you guys are at in the beginning of midterm season, kind of slogging your way through a bunch of homework and exams and stuff. So I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your Wednesday night to come and spend some time here um, digging into the character of the God that Jesus knew and If you haven't been with us this semester, um, we're walking through James Bryant Smith's book, The Good and Beautiful God. Um, And if you have a few more minutes after this video finishes, we're going to head over to Zoom and hang out for a little while, do some discussion questions and some prayer. If you want to join us there, um, we'd love to say hi. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Lord, uh, thank you so much that Zoom exists, that YouTube exists, that even though this is not the way we want to be doing things this semester, that we can still connect through technology. God, I pray that you would speak to each of us tonight, um, that you would be here in our living rooms and wherever we're watching this, um, that you would meet with us, and that you would be in the Zoom call afterward. May everything that I say just be glorifying to you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So, um, have you guys ever been passed over for something that you really felt like you deserved? Like I'm talking about something that you really thought you earned and you thought you had it in the bag and then it came down to it and it just didn't happen? And maybe even worse than that, you watched someone else get the opportunity that you thought was yours for sure. I had a moment like this during my junior year at UNC um, I was a voice performance major in the music department and there's this recital that's kind of a rite of passage for upperclassmen in the music department where you get to perform for all of the faculty and all of the students in the whole department in this big beautiful auditorium and everyone kind of wants to be a part of it before they graduate and you have to audition for the faculty in your own area before they place you on this recital. So. I was auditioning for the voice faculty with a song cycle that I was really familiar with, really comfortable with, did the audition. I felt like it went really, really well. Just one of those days where my voice was underneath me. I didn't forget any words. I got through a lot of passages that usually trick me up and it just felt really good. I felt like I had impressed um, the voice faculty. And then I got a call that night from my voice teacher, who wasn't able to be at the audition, so when the phone rang, I just assumed that he was going to ask me how the day had gone. And I told him that it went really well, that I felt really good about it. And he kind of paused, and he said, I don't really know why then, but the voice faculty has decided to give your spot on the recital to another girl and I came to found out, find out later that the girl that they had given the spot to was singing the same song cycle I was singing and she didn't actually have to audition, they just gave her the spot. And as I hung up the phone with my teacher, I just couldn't help but feeling like I had messed something up, like I had missed something or done something wrong to mess up my chances of earning that spot Either that or there was someone in the faculty that had been really unfair and wasn't playing by the rules, didn't have this other person audition, but either I had messed up or they had messed up. And that's kind of how I felt. And we're conditioned to feel that way, right? Like in our world where we work hard to earn the good things that come to us. And there's not enough to go around, right? There's only one spot on the recital or one person who can be at the top of the graduating class or that guy that everybody wants to date. Only one girl is going to get to date him. There's not a whole lot of, of good things going around. We have to compete for what's ours. We have to earn our place. And when, some, when someone gets something good, that means someone else somewhere else didn't get it. And the people who didn't get it, that's because they either didn't earn it or the system broke down somewhere along the way and it wasn't fair. Am I the only one who sometimes catches myself expecting God's blessings to work the way the world works like this? Like when I see someone else get something good from God, especially something that I want, I catch myself asking, is there something I could have done differently? Did I mess up in some way or more often, is God being unfair to me? For me, this tends to happen whenever I see yet another girl from my high school announce her engagement on Facebook, that instead of just being purely glad for someone who used to be a really good friend, I find myself questioning, why not me? What did I do wrong? Maybe for you, it's that internship that you didn't get, that a friend of yours got a really good opportunity, and And you missed out on yours or the prayer that you've been praying for the person in your family who needs healing and there's someone in your church who got the healing that you've been asking for or maybe it's just that in 2020 you feel like you've been asking for peace and wisdom and guidance through this craziness of a year and everyone else around you seems to have it and you're left wondering looking around at other people going What went wrong for me? Because something must have. And Jesus actually tells a parable that gets to the heart of these questions in Matthew 20. Just a simple story that helps us understand a truth about God, a truth about his kingdom, that otherwise we would not be able to understand as easily. So this is Matthew 20, verse one. He says, God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. They agreed on the wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Now later, about nine o'clock, the manager saw some other men hanging around the town square, unemployed, and he told them to go work in his vineyard and he would pay them a fair wage, so they went too. He did the same thing at noon and again at three, and at five o'clock he went back and found still others standing in the marketplace. And he said, why are you standing around all day doing nothing? And they said, because no one hired us. So he told them to go work in his vineyard. When the day's work was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages. Start with the last hired and go to the first. Now, this is a story literally about people working a job to earn a wage. So we know how this is going to go, right? There were those unemployed that got up at the crack of dawn, went to the marketplace where they were expecting someone like this who needed day labor done to come and hire them. And someone does, and they agree to work for a dollar a day. And there were others who maybe slept in a little bit or missed that early morning mark, and around noon they work half a day. So they're still gonna get some money, but surely not the dollar that those who've worked all day would get. And still others at three and even at five o'clock there's others in the marketplace that for some reason haven't been there all day when the landowner has been there looking for workers. And he, he still hires them, brings them onto the vineyard, but surely they're not going to make a dollar a day, right? If the ones who work 12 hours agree for a dollar a day, then the ones who work an hour are going to get, what, near pennies? So, verse 9, those who, hire, those who were hired at 5 o'clock came and were each given a dollar. Now, when those who were hired first saw that, they assumed they would get far more. Naturally, I would too, right? But they got the same, each one of them a dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers put in only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us who slaved all day under a scorching sun. (laughs) We get their frustration, right? If I was that worker, I would certainly be very upset. And they're asking the same questions that we ask ourselves when we see someone else get a blessing from God that we can't quite make sense of. They're saying, so what happened here? Did I do something wrong to not earn more than these people who only worked an hour, or are you being unfair? And the estate manager answered them, verse 13, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't, I, didn't you agree to work for a dollar? So take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last, the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money or are you envious because I'm generous? And in case you missed it, the estate manager in this story is God. And we're like the workers who, expecting God's blessings to work like the rest of the world, are upset when we see people who we feel like haven't earned their place getting things that we're not getting. And we ask, hey God, who messed up here? Was it me that didn't do something that I was supposed to do or did something that I wasn't supposed to do so that I messed up earning your blessing? Or are you being unfair? And what if God, like the estate manager in the story, answers that he just doesn't work the way the world works? that he can choose what he does with the abundant blessings and favors that are his to give. Psalm 50 says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. James says that every perfect, good and perfect gift is from him. He literally has all the good things, all the blessings that we could ever want or need in his hands in the world. And unlike our world where there's a limited quantity to go around and so we have to look at everyone else and notice what they're getting. In his world, there's no scarcity. There's no limit to how much he can give us. So he's free to choose how he does that. He's free to choose how he gives people blessings. And he chooses to give blessings not based on who earned what, but based on his own generosity a generosity that, like the landowner in the story, is motivated by compassion for our needs and not what we've done to earn or not earn our wages. You see, the landowner, every time he went into the marketplace, he noticed the unemployment. He noticed the fathers who needed to put food on their tables for their children. And he didn't care how much Each one of them worked for him that day. He was going to make sure they had what they needed. And we see Jesus over and over again in the gospels doing the same thing where he sees a beggar on the side of the road, or a blind man, or a leper, or a paralyzed man, and he heals them. He gives them something that they need, even though they can't do anything in return. They didn't earn that. It was free. It was because God has an abundance of good things and compassion enough to meet our needs with those good things. And I think if there's one thing that God wants us to take away from this story, It's just that we're not in competition with each other to earn God's blessings. That when it comes to his generosity, there are no hierarchies. There's no one person gets this and another person loses out because God has enough compassion and enough abundance for all of us. And even though it might not look exactly the same for each of us as for our neighbor, and there might still be those moments where we look at God and wonder, hey, why haven't I received that thing I've been praying for? When we see God be generous in another person's life, we can trust that the same good and trustworthy God, right? We've been talking about that God is those things in this series. The same good and trustworthy God who's acting in the lives of the people around us is going to be generous to us too because he has enough abundance and enough compassion to cover us. And that's where our soul training exercise comes in for this week. For those of you who have been following along, we've been ending every week with a practice that can help us train ourselves to see and experience God's character at work in our lives. And this week, that practice is celebration. Richard J. Foster says in his book, The Celebration of Discipline, that when we celebrate the ways that we see God working in our lives, we cultivate in ourselves a deep trust in God's ability to provide for our needs. Philippians 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always, and that when we do, we will have peace which transcends understanding. I love the way the message translation phrases that. It says in verse 4, To celebrate God all day, every day, and to revel in him, and to make it as clear as you can to all that you meet, that you're on their side working with them and not against them. Because we trust that the God who has enough abundance and enough compassion to cover all of us will be generous to all of us and we don't have to compete for his blessings. So this week, when we see someone receive a blessing from God and we're tempted to kind of look up at the sky and wonder, why not me? What did I do wrong? Are you being unfair? Instead of immediately asking those questions, let's celebrate God's generosity with our friends. Let's send them a text message or buy them a treat or do something fun with them to celebrate who God is. And let's watch as God brings us peace and teaches us to look for his generosity in other people's lives, and to see it in other people's lives, so that when he is generous to us, because he will be, because he is compassionate towards us, that we will be able to see and experience his generosity in our own lives as well. So I'll see you guys over on Zoom in a few minutes. Thanks for joining us.